Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, the original and best, except no imitations podcast about <laughs> Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm David. Um, we are. We haven't managed to get together this week, unfortunately, um, but what we're going to do is bring you an interview we had with the Chief Operating Officer of Scottish Rugby, Don Mackay. We talk everything from the Super 6 through to their results this summer. And he gives an insight to how much pressure they were under from our campaign for Murrayfield to get card machines. It is a great interview. Um, enjoy it. And we're joined on the line by uh, Scottish Rugby's Chief Operating Officer, Dominic Mackay. Dom, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. Lovely to speak to you. Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, you're uh, over at the launch of the Pro 14, aren't you? I am, yeah. So we're announcing today in Glasgow more details about the, the final which will be hosted at Celtic Park uh, next May and um, so it's, yeah, it's a very momentous day for the Pro 14 to, to announce that the final coming to, to a new venue a football venue in a, in a city which I think is developing a real love affair for rugby just now which is yeah it's a great day yeah and I suppose that's off the bat you must have been heartened to see the 6,000 people turn up for Glasgow's pre-season fixture up in Perth that sort of taking rugby out of uh, Edinburgh and Glasgow you must be delighted with that absolutely br- brilliant years and you know we, we've made some changes there a few years ago and it's lovely just to see the, the growth of rugby in the city and the growth of the, the brand of Glasgow Warriors um, and the fact that we're now selling out the venue every time that they play is it's a lovely headache to have and um, we've got some ambitious plans maybe to expand that a bit further but who would have thought we could go up to Perth and get 6,000 people into, into the facility for a friendly so it just shows you that there's a real warmth towards uh, 
Glasgow Warriors, um, and they Edinburgh Rugby. So you know they're doing well as well. So yeah, we're very pleased with the teams. Absolutely. So just um, a little bit stepping back from that, to, to many of our listeners, they won't, they won't maybe not know you as anything other than maybe just one of those anonymous blazers behind <laughs> Scottish rugby. Not to <laughs> Could you give us a bit more of an insight, just a sort of an overview of what does your role as chief operating officer sort of uh, mean for Scottish rugby and what do you and your team do on a sort of day-to-day basis? I will try to explain what this anonymous blazer does day to day. So I'm as chief operating officer. I've got responsibility, I guess, for the vast majority of the off-field activities for, for Scottish rugby. So in my uh, departments, we look after all the marketing for the group, all the media for the group, all the public uh, affairs and government relations. Uh, I look after the ticket office and the ticketing team. Uh, I look after the retail and the store and the licensing of, of our brand internationally. Look after all of our broadcasting uh, arrangements and relationships. I, I oversee the, the stadium and our stadium activity, both in Glasgow and uh, and in Edinburgh, Beacon Merrifield. Um, and also oversee both the Glasgow Warriors team and the Edinburgh Rugby team. So both the managing directors of Edinburgh and Glasgow are part of my part of my team. Uh, and I, I think that's about it. So yeah, look, look after most of the off the field activity for the business. Brilliant stuff. And sort of bringing that all together as. as um a lot of people know some pretty good results um, that came out from the SRU during the summer. Um, can you maybe just sort of talk through some of the highlights and, and what particularly pleased you from, from that set of accounts? So we've had, a, we've had a really good year, a really positive year in terms of the growth of our turnover, um, which sounds a little bit boring, but really what that means is that we've managed to generate more income than ever before. So when we took over the sort of commercial side, and I took over the commercial side in 2011, we were turning over, I think, about £32 million. Um, and we were about 15, 16 million in debt. And it was really pleasing this year to confirm that our, our turnover had grown up to 57.2 million. So a considerable jump. Um, we had a profit of 1.8 million, uh, which we call a surplus. Uh, and our debt was down to around 2 to 3 million. Um, and in fact, during, during the year, our debt was zero. Um, so it sort of fluctuates with cash flow. So financially, we have never been in better health, uh, which means that we can reinvest both at the stadium into Glasgow, into Edinburgh, into the grassroots, which is really important to us at record levels. Um, and that's something, I guess, myself and my team are very, very proud of. That whilst we're generating the revenue, we're a not-for-profit business, so all the money gets reinvested back into back into rugby in Scotland at all levels. So, yeah, really, really, really solid year. When you look at reinvestment, how are you sort of balancing up? You obviously, salaries in the professional game are just going up and up. The club game is looking for investment and also with Mini Murrayfield kind of on the horizon. How are you sort of balancing up all those opportunities? Well, we've, we've, we've got a, sort of a constant challenge because um, unusually, as you know, we own and operate both Glasgow and Edinburgh. We also own this, uh, the National Stadium here at BT Murrayfield. And then we have a responsibility um, to invest and to grow and to nurture the talent of the future by investing through grassroots rugby activity. Um, so to be honest, um, the way that I describe it to my team, um, we're just going to keep generating as much money as we possibly can to feed all the mouths that, that need to be fed around the, the, the kitchen table. And by generating more income through ticketing, by generating more income through our broadcast deals, by generating more income through our sponsorship partnerships, which we've been able to do in the last few years, um, is enabling us to invest significant amounts and also have the confidence to make some big, big decisions and holding on to Stuart Hogg or make big decisions in bringing Richard Cockrell or David Rennie into into the business, and then at the same time making investment decisions around um, 
we want to we want to play a very special experience for them. We're rugby supporters who who deserve a very special experience for their team, and so we're committing some significant funds to to make that happen on the back pitches at BT Murrayfield, and at the same time we also want to invest in Glasgow. So we've got lots of calls on on income as quickly as it's generated. But what's been really pleasing is in the last few years that we've managed to sell out every Scotland game for I think the last eight or nine matches. Um, so we're, we're in a real growth period, I think, as a sport in this country. Um, and there's lots of people that have contributed to that and we're very grateful for everyone's part in that. So, so to take your metaphor of the, of the kitchen table, some criticism, or there are critics out there that are saying that you're possibly leaving the traditional club rugby game in Scotland to go hungry. I mean, would you say that that has been something that has been neglected as the sort of impressive growth of Scotland, Edinburgh and Glasgow has had to be supported? No, um, not at all. So we've, we've invested in record amounts year on year. Each year for the last five years, we've put more money into the grassroots game in, in Scotland. And that's something we're, we're, we're very, very pleased about. Um, and we will continue to do that. Um, and we, it's always that balance, I think, as you mentioned earlier on, between investing um, and uh, sort of speculating. Um, so I suppose there's a little bit of a decision to make around players, a little bit of a decision around coaches and the professional teams. Um, and the reason why we invest into Glasgow and into Edinburgh as we do is because Glasgow and Edinburgh generates revenue, importantly, but importantly that they supply players to the national team where the vast majority of our revenues come from. Um, and those are the revenues that we generate we're then able to reinvest back into all levels of the game. Um, so things like investment we've made with BT, our partner, into the academies, to create four academies around the country. We've heard about that, and there's more news in the academy's front to come over the next sort of few weeks. Um, but we've also got lots of investment areas that often don't get the, the headlines sometimes, like the women's game. So the women's game is very, very important to us, and we're putting more money into that than, than ever before. You can see that through the, the number of professional players that we're now signing up. Um, we will announce shortly a significant sponsorship deal um, with the women's national team. So there's, there's a whole facet of, of parts, parts of our business that we're always having to make uh, challenging decisions on, but because we've at least got that, that record turnover growing, 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 we're, we're doing that against a backdrop of at least having um, significant funds to, to make these, I guess, confident decisions. Tom, if, if you'd like that opportunity to break an exclusive of that investment in the women's game live on the Thistle, you can go ahead right now if you'd like. I, I, I probably said more than I should. I probably can shovel, but uh, no, <laughs> the, 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 the women's game is so important to us, and I'm absolutely thrilled that we've secured such a, a high-profile and significant partner into that space. So uh, happy to come back on at a future date once we get it right. <laughs> Brilliant. That's that's really exciting. Um, I think another you know big big issue that's come up in the past year or so is, is Super Six. Um, it sort of seems to have divided opinion a bit. But how have you sort of seen the progress of that so far developing? And what what are your thoughts on the competition going forward? Definitely seen the feedback. Um, we're uh, had uh, loads of great discussions over the last year, and ultimately the purpose, just by way of reminder, is that we want to try as much as we can to try and close the gap between. The, the premiership is just now and, and the pro teams because we want to keep raising the standards and that's something that our, our clubs asked us to do which is to try and come up with um, with a, with a uh, system that would close that gap a bit further um, so we're putting some serious money behind that you, you probably saw that we uh, appointed Sean Lane to lead all the all, all the on-field activities for the Super 6 clubs um, over the next year or two um, so we, we believe in that as a project but ultimately that's about developing players and it's one of the things I guess we're quite proud of which is it's an, an important avenue to develop players but coaches as well and that's something that perhaps in 
them a natural pathway to the national team, ultimately, is something that we're, we're very focused and motivated on. Thanks for that. Um, Premier Sports, obviously coming on as a new broadcaster uh, in the next sort of few weeks. As sort of, you know, you've been looking at broadcast deals and part of the Pro 14 committee, how did you balance up kind of the risk of going with a relatively sort of small um, and new broadcaster with obviously a, any additional um, cash and obviously the chance to be the kind of prominent sporting brand on that platform? inside scoop on who the Scottish punditry is going to be? I can't. I'm I'm hesitating because I'm I'm delighted. I know who they are. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted with... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The quality of people that we've got, and that's a real statement of intent. They, they, they wanted to say... Um, and make a mark, a mark, a market down in terms of saying we're investing in the product, both in the talent, but also in terms of the production. And I think you'll see not only in terms of the talent they'll unveil, but also the quality of the production and the way in which the games are brought to life and the shoulder programming and the highlights will be, yeah, we'll just elevate Pro 14 to, to another level. 
a sort of relatively niche question, but obviously you've got the you've got Scotland rugby, Scotland men's rugby, Glasgow, Edinburgh, women's rugby academy, all these sort of entities, and it kind of felt a few years ago they were almost sold quite a lot as a package. So obviously, BT took that big um, pile of rights. Are you now trying to look at carving those out and giving them their own identities in terms of how you sell it to sponsors? So it's a, it's a great question. Um, we we always try and uh, <laughs> leave, leverage up our, our assets as best we possibly can. So, um, and if the market wants to to invest sponsorship into Glasgow, Edinburgh, Scotland, we can make that happen for sure. And the investment that we had from BT was was significant and is enormous for Scottish rugby. Uh, on and it continues. We extended with them last year, as you know. Um, but as we've invested in Glasgow and Edinburgh, both on the playing side and the coaching side, and the performances are coming through in Glasgow and Edinburgh, we're able to have the confidence to market independently more and more Glasgow and Edinburgh rights. And you're seeing that with some of the deals that we're doing in Glasgow and some of the deals that we're doing in Edinburgh. These are really quality deals that we're we dwarf anything in the pro clubs in the last sort of a few years. So the market, I think, for rugby in general around the world is, is really growing, sponsor-wise. Um, and we've got some great brands that people can be aligned to, whether it's women's, whether it's the men's national team or, or Glasgow and Edinburgh. Um, but the, the strength that we have of, of pulling those rights together when it's right for the partner is something which is quite unique, and we try to play that to our advantage. That, that's great, John. I think we've just got one more thing. We, When we first started uh, the pod back in sort of November 2016, one of our biggest bugbearers was that there was no card machines at Murrayfields. Can you confirm that the SRU bowed to our pressure to instill, install card <laughs> machines at the bars at uh, Murrayfield? I am um, delighted when we've got card machines. In most of our games now we have card machines. Um, the, the, the challenge actually isn't, in some respects, getting the cash out. It's sort of joining the, the, the long queues to, to get into them. So what we've done is we've invested a chunk uh, into uh, contactless technology and tools that can uh, take your card around, around the whole sort of site. So I would imagine that not only will we have card machines going forward, but we'll also have those chip and pin uh, around almost every every location. So I don't want everyone, anyone ever to be thirsty because they, they don't have access to, to a beer. And I don't want any, anyone to ever have a reason not to, to buy a beer. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we've listened to you. And I've, I must say, just to say, I've enjoyed listening to your podcast. Oh, it's lovely you. that uh, you guys are putting in such a hard, hard work to talk about rugby in Scotland. And it's appreciated. Oh, well, that's great. Well, um, that seems like a very high point on which to end. <laughs> Dom, uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we know you're a busy man. We'll let you get back to it, and um, we'll speak again soon. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot, guys. All the very best. Cheers. Bye-bye. I mean, you can say what you want about the SRU, but it's hard because he's a really nice guy. <laughs> God, he was so charming, wasn't he? <laughs> oh. How nice is he? <laughs> so so well trained. He's just batting off any, I was any ready, difficult questions. I was ready to come over the top, the trenches, take nah. him down. Too nice. I know. So so what do you think? We covered an awful lot there uh, with Dom in about that 15 minutes. Let's start with the, the results this year. Scottish rugby in the best place it's ever been, according to him. Matt, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue when you when you look at the, the accounts and you see the the record turnover. Um, I think there's been a bit of criticism that costs might have been increasing at a slightly quicker rate than revenues. Yeah. But, you know, I, th- I think that at the end of the day, it, it's, it's, it's a, you know, not there for profit. It is there to keep investing in the business. So if you're growing the business, then those are the investments that you need to make. So I can't really get too fast about it. Yeah, I think we'll probably come on to this a bit later is, 
there's kind of the commercial side and then the domestic side. And I think with Dodds in at the helm and then Don McKay, smooth operator. Mm. Smooth operator. (laughs) Look, they obviously both have a pretty good, they have a very good sort of commercial mindset and that's been the real focus for them going through this year. And so I think from sponsorship, broadcast and kind of ticketing, it's quite hard to have a particularly negative view on what they've done. Yeah, and we probed them a little bit on that. I suppose the biggest criticism that um, has come at the SIU is that they are taking all this professional growth and they're not reinvesting enough in the grassroots club game. The people that are turning out every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for their clubs and keeping those real community assets alive. What did you make of his response to that and the balance between what the pro game and the amateur game? Yeah, no, I, I, there's been a lot of criticism from, you know, from the offside line and from our old friend Aristotle. Um, I mean, and from us as well. Yeah, and from us. I think probably less, less sort of partisan than someone like Aristotle. But, you know, it, it, is, it is a difficult one. I think that he did point to things like Super 6. And I think actually, ultimately, that the absolute amount of money is still going up that's going to the clubs. It's just that as a percentage of the overall investment, yeah. it is going down. But if you are, you know, growing it overall, then um, I think it's fair enough. I, I find it difficult to sort of complain too much about it. It's the, the ultimate issue is the disconnect between what's good for the club game and what's good for the professional game. Probably isn't the same thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, do you think there is a trickle down effect from investing in Scotland and the pro games into the clubs? Uh, not particularly. I think if you look at what's happened over the last seven years, I don't think many of the clubs would say they've seen much trickle-down benefit. Mm. If anything, I think the success of Scotland and the professional clubs has potentially taken eyeballs and investment away from the club game. Yeah. I think it was quite interesting that people were drawing comparisons with the IRFU, who released their results recently and had been increasing their investment in domestic club rugby at a pretty good rate but then you sort of look at the rfu's recent figures and they make for pretty shocking reading so yeah. i just wonder if you know professional rugby hasn't actually been around that long and i think in its current healthy state in scotland that's pretty new so you're possibly just getting to grips with that model and making it as sustainable as possible and maybe you need to you know suffer a bit along the way i think it was because ultimately the super six is really there to give a high enough level competition for kind of 18 to 24 year olds yeah, who, are, who want to make that jump yeah. up and so that's why I think this Celtic Cup that's come out it's just come out at the worst time for that, the SOU yeah. Yeah. yeah so for people who don't know the Celtic Cup is an under 23 competition between the Welsh and Irish regions and I, I was going to ask Dom but you know he's, he was too nice he couldn't go for it but the <laughs> fact that he is on the board of the of Celtic Rugby Pro 14 Pro 14 you know, presumably he was party to those type of discussions. I don't know. To me, yeah. And it seems as if they've come out, the SU have come out and said, yeah, but in addition to the Super 6, we will play cross-border matches against Welsh, Welsh yeah. under-23 sides. Yeah. Something like that. A kind of yeah. step, once again, a step below. But it, it seems as if actually the WRU have been pretty quiet on that front. So it seems as if that was maybe just sort of chucked out as like an idea to make people a bit happier yeah. about about the overall concept. But yeah, I think we sort of chatted about this earlier. It feels like Super Six has become like Brexit, and it's basically <laughs> this horrible. Like you're either on one side of the fence or the other, and no mm. one can really look. There's there's issues with the current setup. There's issues with the Super Six. N- neither are perfect. Yeah. 
they've kind of taken this decision. Yeah. And I think now we've got to the point where we've we've got to implement it mm. and see what it's like. And as you said, proof will be in the pudding. Proof will be in the pudding, yeah. I think, in terms of the investment. And when we are one season into Super 6, we're going to find out. Actually, probably yeah. not even that long. Half a season into Super 6, we'll find out if the if the model is... If people are turning out to watch it, if the product yeah. is good, yeah. if it's attracting decent young talent and coaches and things like that. It'd be interesting to see when they actually play the Super 6 because you're going to have pro rugby on a Friday night, yeah, Edinburgh at least. Then you're going to have clubs Saturday, so, yeah. Saturday afternoon and you know, Harriet's Amateur Club are still going to be putting out a team and then you've got the Super 6 as well. Yeah, yeah. Sunday? No. <laughs> Saturday night? Harriet's boys ain't not... Not going out. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Opal is closed now, actually. So. Opal is closed, yeah. Opal Lounge is closed? Yeah. Damn. Oh, closed for refurb. I had a cry. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of other things that he, uh, he dropped in there. Another big investment in the women's game and the suggestion of a new sponsor that's going to be announced soon enough. And he also talked about another round of investment for the academy setup. Taking those two particular sort of streams or seats around the dinner table as he's talking about, how do we think Scotland are getting on in that academy and the women's game? Firstly, I think Don McKay has hit his his speaking points. His, very, meta- his metaphor. His yeah, me- they were very good. <laughs> very clean. Um, I have to admit, I actually don't know enough about the women's game. Obviously, it appears from results that it's improving a lot. And, you know, obviously we're sending out these players. I saw Jade Conkles just hanging with Harlequins. Yeah. Yep. And There's quite a few people down south and in France and places like that. Yeah. So it's obviously getting sort of the investment and focus that it has needed for a long, long time. Academy setup is interesting because it feels to me like it's been relatively successful since its sort of birth, maybe sort of six years ago in terms mm. of that sort of stage one, stage two, stage three professional. There's a lot of... The, the percentage of people who go into that and seem to sort of progress has been yeah, yeah. relatively yeah, has high. Been good. And actually, I think in terms of that young player pool, I, I don't think it's really been ever as good for Scottish rugby mm. in my time anyway. Yeah. It certainly seems as if, and at age group levels, you know, we still get the occasional pace thing, but it's far more competitive than it used to be when you know a victory over England, for example, was unheard of, but you occasionally get them. Yes. You, know, you maybe get them once every two seasons or something and properly competing against the likes of Wales and France and, and Ireland. So I think they're doing a pretty good job. And it's good to see the likes of uh, Fosrock and sounds like there's going to be more investment as well. Yeah. So you can't really argue with on, on that front. Good. Absolutely. Real um, stooges for the SRU, aren't we? I know. God, we're just sucking on the teat. Oh, I hate the SRU. Long <laughs> in the tooth now. Fucking blazers. <laughs> I know. It was great that, we, great that we managed to get the admission out of them that they crumbled to our... Uh, our pressure on the card machines at Murrayfield. Do you think someone listened to the pod and they just like brought Well, Dom Mackay does. Dom Mackay oh, does. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's a regular. Yeah. yeah. And they were just like, straight from the top. Why? Dom's, Dom's never left us a review, actually, unless he's using a pseudonym. A pseudonym? A pseudonym. A pseudonym, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so, Dom, we know you are listening. Get on there. Five stars, yeah. please, on iTunes. That'd be lovely. Good. Um, okay, so that was our chat with Dom Mackay and a little bit on the summer results. We will be back next week after the first round of games in the Pro 14. Can't bloody wait. It's going to be grand. See you guys soon. Cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.